Thank you for listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. This week's podcast was a little bit long and the file a little bit too big, so we split it into two parts. This is part two. If you haven't heard to part one, go back and have a look. It's in the same place you found part two. Have a listen to that first because uh, some of it might not make sense unless you've heard the first bit. But if you plumb out of order, it won't matter that much. Thanks for your company. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. We're halfway through our year in review. We've been across all of the stuff that happened on the field. We slipped in a couple of off-the-field issues in there as well. But we're going to take a look at the year and how it panned out off the field now. And uh, I must admit, I think the year started with a a lot of optimism. We uh, had the appointment of a new CEO in October last year. Uh, Jason McCracken took that job. And, of course, uh, Dr. Batchel was elected the um, president at the biennial conference last year in November. That's right. So 2016. But coming fresh fresh into the role for January 2017. Yeah, by the time they would have got their offices moved in and got themselves organised, bang, it's 2017. And there were big things expected this year from the FIH and from hockey in general. Um, And early on, Doors, they were making some big announcements. We had the announcement of, of of the Pro League. Uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm and, and uh, high hopes for hockey in the future, but that's, that's since it. the Hockey World League semi-finals in London, it has been all downhill for the FIH. Um, well, I believe you have a bit of a scorecard system you've devised. Well, I don't know about devised, but I've written down a few points that I think are probably worth discussing with regard to the FIH over 2017. Um, I'll just read them out to you now, and we'll go point by point. So there's Pro League, there's Communication, there's TV, YouTube, um, viewing rights, uh, tournament fixturing, scandals, and, uh, and rankings. Well, you know, that's, that's probably the six. The six. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we start at the top? We will. Pro League. So, scores out of 10. Let me know your score, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, on what you think about the concept of the Pro League generally. We won't get into the ins and outs and start talking about travel and all that sort of stuff. Those who listen to the show regularly would have heard our thoughts on all of that, and we'll be talking lots more about it in the future. Okay, uh, so do I like the idea that we have a Pro League in hockey? Yes. Do I like the idea that that's played amongst international nations? No. I, I think that the next step hockey has to take is we've got plenty of international hockey. We need to make the leap forward with our club hockey. And uh, that that's the strength of so many other sports that we're trying to compete against. And I'm talking about in particular soccer here is the, the strength of their club systems and the amount of money and revenue. They don't, international players, okay, they might be paid a lot because they're playing for their federations, but that's not where they make their bread and butter. No. Athletes make bread and butter at the club level. They do it in basketball, they do it in soccer, they do it in all sports. It's a club level you make your bread and butter. And that's what the area that hockey needs to concentrate on and yeah. try and get a vibrant club system going across the globe. Well, that's it. You look, you look in some nations where they don't have any club system whatsoever. You know, notably, let's look to the um, uh, India, mm-hmm. to Pakistan. Um, you know, they say that they're falling behind in some areas of hockey. Well, okay, no turf. They don't have any turfs available. There's not enough turfs available. Well, if you look certainly here in Australia, if you're putting a turf together, then a lot of that is coming from the individual clubs that are funding that themselves or going out and doing the work for grants and everything else that goes along with That's it. Right. Um, it's different in different parts of the world. I know in the UK, a lot of the turfs are club-based, but a lot of them are also based within the schools because they, they need that all-weather facility. You know, we don't need it so much down here. 
you go go through the the top nations in hockey. Okay, India's sitting six at the moment. That's that that's an argument for the rankings. But the the top nations in, in hockey all have really really strong club based hockey going. Yeah, and and that's the fabric of the sport. Well, I think do you do you not think it's something that the FIH might be a little bit scared of to um, have too much power, and I'm, that's an in inverted commas, going towards the confederations, and most notably I think of Euro Hockey here and the great job that they've been doing with the Euro Hockey League, uh, ehltv.org, where you can get on and, and watch all of the old games that have been played and watch the games live, it's a fantastic competition, and there's packed out crowds um, and um, a real vibe, and you know that's an, that's an annual event, now I'd love to see something like that happen here in Australia, but it's not going to work so well because of the you know the size of the country and um, and the amateur nature of of the game. I think that there's got to be different models looked at for different parts of the world. So and could you see maybe a, a an Australian state side, the Queensland Blades, taking on someone like Blumendahl? Uh, why? If it's if that's the equivalent level of hockey, see Africa have a club championship. You know, they do. Um, one that springs to mind, Sharky, is the, the Egyptian side that have done very well in, in in that competition over the years. Now, they have generally had sort of ten or twelve of the current national side in their setup there over the years. So, would that be a comparable quality to having your, your basically your Egyptian national team taking on the t- top? Dutch, Look, German, European sides. I think we're, we're, I agree that we need some sort of level of professional leagues, etc., for hockey. We need to to grow the game. Okay. One of the problems that hockey faces is that because of our so-called amateur status, and really the sport is still very amateur in, yeah. in so many ways, that um, it, it's government funded in most countries. As the sport doesn't fund itself. Hockey hockey can't afford to operate in this country without the government giving it a big bag of money every year. No, and this is the, this is where we, we face the issue, isn't it, with Pro League. And it is. And so many unanswered questions, some headline statements like Pro League will generate $150 million revenue for the FIH. Um, there was some mention of some prize money, but basically from what we understand, individual nations are going to have to bear the cost um, to, to, to make it happen. Now, I've heard that in some countries... Um, they were told not to worry too much, much about doing the full due diligence on the financials to make it happen. These are top ten countries that are going to be accepted regardless. So just apply. Just, just apply, because they're not going to say no. Well, <laughs> somebody's going to have to stump up for it somewhere down the line. Um, well, we've just seen two rises in the levy that we pay here in, as hockey players. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, and admittedly, the, the, the first rise earlier this year... You looked at it and you went, oh yeah, we, we've been paying that much for. Extra well, no, no, I think I don't think I don't think that actually happened. I think what they were looking that that was something that was being proposed, and now it's being confirmed oh, that okay. you can accept it for the next season, but it's mandatory for the season after that, and that's a rise from somewhere around nine or ten bucks a year going to the um, Hockey Australia now for a senior player now up to twenty five dollars per player, and now for a club where you. Now, we're, being, we're also you, we're also being told that that's. Not got anything to do with this, our inclusion in the pro league, but if you want to, no. if you stand back and you look at it, you think, well, a rise like that, and you're just about to go through this great huge expenditure, you saying those two aren't related? Well, I've heard, I've heard state associations are supposedly being tasked with 
uh, an extra hundred thousand dollar levy or something on top to pay for the pro league. Now I don't know whether that's true or whether I have a lot of conversations with a lot of people and things kind of get stuck in the head. Um, yeah, so pro league, pro league, pro league. You know, it's 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 a nice idea. Um, there's still a lot of people very skeptical about it, and of course we now don't have a chief executive officer because he wasn't able to secure a sponsor. Maybe. Well, that's what I read somewhere. Where, oh, on the InsideTheGames.biz website. Now, of course. Uh, what, what, now, uh, what did you read there? Well, I read. Because the FIH hasn't said anything, have well, they? There's been nothing posted. Can we, keep, can we keep this for a little bit later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, okay. through, this, right, go, right. go through your scorecard. So, pro league. Let's finish okay. pro league then. So, Off. one out of ten. Uh, well, considering they haven't released anything, uh, there's no news since July 28th about the Pro League on the FIH's own website. I'm starting to wonder whether the whole thing will go to ahead anyway. I've already said that I don't like the idea of it being an international um, for international teams, but I like the idea of there being a Pro League, so why don't I give it five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no, I- four. Four because they haven't released anything since July. Well, I, could, I, I would have given it a six, but you know, considering India aren't taking part now, then I'll, I'll give it a four as well. Okay. You know, well, we can't have a tournament without India, can we? Apparently not. Well, okay. On to communication. So you just touched on communication there, okay. and uh, that uh, with regard to the resignation or alleged resignation of Jason McCracken. What, what is going on there? Yeah, well, your guess is as good as mine because there's nothing been released from the FIH now. It, it, um, but what we have is several people who are writing it as fact, and I mean, yeah, I. Hands up, no, Ashley. And I was staggered that he wrote that piece because he doesn't say anything without it. You know, I know him well enough to know he wouldn't have written what he wrote yeah. unless it was true. Yeah. Because that's the sort of thing that'll get you in a lot of trouble if it's not. Yeah, that's right. Um, and people, are, but we've had nothing official from the FIH at all, have we? No. Uh, there's a lot of conjecture, and it's quite interesting to see the split of. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations with people, both on the Indian subcontinent and in Europe, and down here as well, and in other parts of the world, um, about it all. Now, uh, a lot of the people that I've uh, had contact with, particularly in India, they have a feeling that um, Jason McCracken's resignation, alleged resignation, yeah, has. Alleged. Um, got a lot to do with his relationship with Dr. Batra and uh, Dr. Batra has decided um, it's time for him to move on he's a very powerful man and he gets what he wants and perhaps was a little upset about having to make some apologies to Pakistan um, post the Hockey World League semis in London where quite a few inflammatory comments were made on social and Dr. Batra's personal social media account and so that's soured there I've heard other things coming out of Europe um, of a different nature um, and yeah what we hear from the FIH through inside the games.biz website which is a um, it's, it's, it's a, a new site which is kind of aimed at Hang international on. sporting federations so the FIH have made a statement by all accounts as you read if you read the report on inside the games.biz I'm giving plenty of plugs here the moment no, there after the sponsors yeah. um, the, the comments through there are, is that um he, I believe that he may stay on until June. So this is the speculating. This is a letter they have received. They have claimed to have received from the FIH media department. So they've they've got a statement from the FIH, but they haven't published it. The FIH haven't published it, and they haven't published the letter itself on the Inside the Games so, website. So really, it's just more speculation. 
Well, it is, but would you not, if somebody's out there writing it and it's suddenly, it's suddenly become general knowledge through the hockey world, would you not come out and put out a, a, a counter statement and go, oh, hang on a minute guys, no, you're wrong, this is, this is incorrect. Um, look, I also heard that quite a lot of the hockey world found out three or four days before Dr. Batra did. Yeah, I heard that rumour too. <laughs> now I'm not sure, apparently, yeah. I'm so if he did have, some, he did have something to do with it, well yeah, if he did have something to do with it, you'd think he'd know about it fairly. So the question is, who, who does a CEO hand in their resignation to? Do they go to a board member? Do they go to the HR department? Do they go to the president? Well, they don't go to the president, obviously. Um, if you were in that room and, and, Mr. McCracken standing there with his resignation in his hand, ready to pass it to someone. Are you going to be the person that sticks your hand out and takes the responsibility It'd for telling like Dr. Petra? It'd be a bloody hot potato, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, no, no, you open it. No, you open it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, you call him. You call him. <laughs> look, who knows what happened there? Uh, I'm, look, I don't, I've, I've heard about that statement that you claim was sent to someone. It's interesting that they, that, that, Quoting a statement that they've been sent, but they're not prepared to publish a statement. But that's another that's another question. Well, I just think that there's wider issues there within there communication coming out of FIH. Now it's all well and good on the social media. It's, there's lots. Well, of they're nice not well and good on the social media. It's just a propaganda. Well, you don't yeah. get. Oh no, no, you won't get any answer. No, no, it's a. It's, it's fine for what it is, yeah. but don't expect it to be something that, as a hockey person, you can ask them questions or try and get some answers to issues you might. No, the engagement is zero. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't talk back. No. No, you're right. Uh, no, they don't. No, <laughs> no they don't. <laughs> I was just wondering. Look, I, I did put a couple of posts. And they put out some pretty pictures. It's all very good. Yes. I like the ones with Dr. Batcher and a white stick. They're great. Yeah, and lots of flowers. Flowers. Love these flowers. flowers. Beautiful flowers. Big cups. Big cups. Trophies. Flowers. Is and there a big trophy around that I can stand next to? And the other, the other thing is, and I noticed out a lot of the... Uh, well, you can go to Dr. Batra's personal Facebook page. He's got the blue tick there on Facebook, and you can follow him and uh, follow his post there. What's a uh, blue tick? Oh, it's, it's an official account. You're way off one of those, mate. <laughs> <laughs> an official account? Well, and so there's no parody accounts going up, then you know that's actually um, his account. Well, you say so I would do a parody of me. <laughs> <laughs> You are the parody of <laughs> um, Yeah, he's, but he's also always surrounded by lots of blokes. Lots and lots and lots of blokes. All of these committees, all of the different associations, lots of handshaking and flowers getting no, handed no, over. No, 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 Elena's there. Maybe she's holding the camera. Could be. Because she's also a lady of action, just like he's a man of action. Okay. Well, as, we, we, well, as, we, as we saw at the Ho- Hockey World League. Finals. Uh, yeah, let's stick to our scorecard. Yeah, right? let's let's do that. Look, if anybody wants to talk more about this sort of stuff, come and buy us a pint. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll meet you down uh, somewhere in Perth, and um, yeah, we're going to have a couple of beers, and and we'll just tell you everything we really do know. Yeah. Communication. So, all right, I'm going. Too. I'm going five out of ten on communication. Um, I well, considering I wrote a very harsh piece on our website about how infuriated I was at being ignored by the FIH, I'm going to give them two on www.thereversestick.net yeah that's the one great so 2 and a 5 3.5 out of 10 on communication when there. socials aren't social or something alright anyway that's right yeah you did indeed so you'll find that yeah, get onto our website and have a look there uh, number 3 on the list television YouTube broadcasting oh well considering where it came from and I think the FIH is this is one area where I think they have tried to make improvements Towards the end of the year, there seemed to be quite a lot, of, especially after the Asian Women's Cup, where people couldn't 
uh, Women's Asia Cup, sorry, people couldn't see it at yeah. all. We couldn't get anything, you know. Um, I think they've they've realised that we do want to see our hockey and that perhaps some of the deals they have signed have been dud deals and they're looking at ways to get around it and move on and provide hockey people with what we want. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, um, It's not perfect. Uh, they've got a long way to go, but that's certainly heading in the right direction. Well, what I find interesting, the, the most recent deal done with um, YouTube-owned, oh, sorry, Google-owned YouTube, um, is that there's more accessibility um, coming. Now, not for everybody. Now, of course, if you're in a country that's got a, a, a dinosaur uh, deal with uh, your local broadcaster. Foxtel. Well, Fox over here isn't that great, but they, they showed a fair bit over the, the last couple of tournaments in the year. Terrible yeah, through the rest after, of the year. After copping and bashing for not showing it. Yeah, um, but that's not the case everywhere. You go to Star Sport in yeah, Africa, exactly. you go to BT Sport in England, and I'm sure some of the Dutch providers... Um, and there's lots of different German. ways to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, aren't as bad as as we necessarily experience here, but it was there was a few inequities with it. In some parts of the world, you could watch it on YouTube for free. Other parts of the world, you were geo blocked. Um, some parts of the world, you could watch some games on your local satellite broadcaster, whereas others you could only watch on pay per view on YouTube. So it was different all around the world. Uh, now, of course. You had quite an expensive holiday to be able to actually go and watch the games, didn't you? Oh, well, I, I was looking after my nana's cat in Singapore. Ah, right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was able to catch the free stream from there. But what, one thing that did worry me about this whole broadcasting thing is some of those games, there were 350 people watching. Now, this is uh, oh, hockey, that's the hockey event, was it the World League Final? Yeah, yeah. yeah hockey World League Finals. 350 people watching the, the cream of hockey going around for free. Now, that's, I didn't think, was a particularly encouraging sign. No, even uh, even the top, top figures on some of the stuff on the FIH website were... I don't, I don't think anything cracked 100,000. Um, and, and out of those numbers, I think that's also things not necessarily being viewed live, but um, after, yeah, after the right. event. Yeah, that's right. Now, we don't know what the pay TV figures were in various countries, but it, it gets us back to one of the problems that the FIA, FIH faces with hockey people, and that is getting us to engage. I mean, they can post as much live hockey as they like, but things aren't going to improve if only 350 people tune in to watch it live for free um, well this is the thing isn't it it's always uh, you, I don't believe you're going to get non-hockey lovers going to get online or through whatever system no. they consume their, their sport and suddenly decide to buy some hockey to watch and oh I'll give this a go well, let's, let's see what it's like it's not like that it never has been for hockey um that's we, why it's so important to engage the people that do play the game and that's the ones that we're not getting at the moment yeah. Yeah, they they need to be the drivers to maybe get their mates into it. And like, this is one of the one of the things. It's being part of the game is it's it's about playing, umpiring, coaching, watching. Um, there's lots of lots of elements to it. And there's a lot of guys in our club. They don't give a stuff about international hockey. They, they enjoy playing on the weekend. They enjoy a bit of training in the week, a few beers, yeah. the family well, down there, whatever it might be. But. What goes on at the, the top end of things, they couldn't give us stuff. And I think people from other countries would understand this, even though I'm talking about different sports. But we play with guys that have never been to an international game of hockey, never even been to a, a, a local Division One game grade of hockey. Mm. They play the sport, but they'll go and spend several hundred dollars a year buying a membership to a, a, a 
club that plays a code that they've never played yeah. in their life. <laughs> That's what staggers me. And they'll spend the time and effort to go to all of their that, that particular club's home games. Yep. And they're, they're the people that we have to get away from those other sports. We've got to drag them away from those other sports and say, no, you can have this in hockey too. Yeah, giving them a reason to, to be engaged with That's why the clubs are so important. That's why the FIH has really got to look at getting clubs, club, club. Look at what happens in Argentina with that club scene. That's awesome. Yeah. They've got a great club scene. And that's one of the true strengths of why their men have come from nowhere in the last 10 years. Yeah. Anyway, what are we giving them? yeah. What's, what's that for? TV, YouTube, in general, oh, for the FIH. I'm oh, oh, bearing oh. in mind that the, the guy that um, does the TV deals has just resigned <laughs> as well. <laughs> plus, plus another couple in commercial and around and about, I believe. Yeah, there's a few resignations going on at the moment. Um, I would, well, look, they made improvements during the year and they try, I think they're actually trying real hard. I'm going to give them a seven. I'm going to be real kind. All right, just because I don't want to agree with you, I'll give them a six. Okay. Fair enough. 6.5. All righty. Okay. Tournament fixturing. See, this gets bastardised by broadcasting. A lot of tournament fixturing now is is done to try and maximise TV viewerships and all of this sort of rubbish. We haven't... Don't worry about maximising TV viewerships through fixturing because <laughs> that's not going to... More people are not going to tune in because you run a different fixture. Now, all they're seeing at the moment is a little dollar sign that hangs off India because... Indian hockey people are, are the, one of the few hockey peoples in the world that actually engage with their game to a level that provides money to broadcasters. And there's a lot of people there. But there is, but there is a love of the game in India. That's people right. are prepared to go and pay to watch the game in person and uh, through streams and whatever yeah. else. And pressure from broadcasters, but not necessarily play yeah. the game because they don't have that club system. So if they haven't, if they're not playing for the army or they're playing, for, they might. You know, it's it's not that exactly. people are going out onto the onto the streets and having a hit around. No. It's 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 gone. It's a bit like being a twenty five year old uh, American football player in the states. You know, it's, it's, nothing for it. it's gone. But you still follow the game. And you, you know, that's it. there's nothing to play, but you're still into it. Um, so and and this idea that that our broadcast our fixturing gets bastardised whenever India is involved because they always want to try and maximise India's drawing potential. The FIH has got to start worrying about running competitions and formats and championships and tournaments that have some credibility about them. And you don't get credibility from pandering to broadcasters. No, and that's it. And when you find out results go one way or another, it suddenly opens up an opportunity for for people to go, oh, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Well, that's obviously going to happen. Oh, it's all fixed for them and rah, 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 rah. And it might not be the case, or it may be the case. Well, just remove all of it. So, you know, yeah, just remove it all. And if it's just made fair for everybody. Fair and balanced, and we're going to draw this ball out of a hat, and we're going to draw gonna this play, one. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. FIFA does it, and it works a treat for them. Guess what? The competitions FIFA run are easy to understand. You know where, you, where a team is at all stages. There's no convoluted theory about winning this and winning that, and then yeah. coming second at this tournament, and add that to the third place here. and None of that sort of rubbish. It's very simple, easy to understand. Yep, just like uh, brown envelope stuff with cash. Yeah, I haven't seen too many of them. Very I mean, easy. Do they, do they exist? That was, I had an envelope sitting in my uh, uh, post box when I got home this oh, morning. Oh, must yeah. fly out. It's a it. little, little uh, there's a key in there. Not, okay. No note, nothing at all. Just, just a, a key, key in a blank envelope. Oh, so are you going to be walking around the local... <laughs> just give it a go. <laughs> just walk around the suburb <laughs> clicking the little security no, line. That's not even a clicker, it's oh, a key one. So a key. Yeah, hopefully I don't wake anybody up tonight. 
Okay, so <laughs> what are we giving them for? What was that? Tournament fixturing. Oh, bad. I, I, I think they've got a lot of work to do there. Yeah, a three for me. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you a three too. Three it is. Scandal! Oh, well, dun, dun, dun. This is interesting because, um, you know, it look, depends on what your perspective is on the FIH with scandals. You could give them a nine because they've effectively been very scandalous this year. They've done a great job at producing scandals. Well, the question is, do we need more scandals? Do we need to raise the profile game to those non-hockey people and, uh, and get it in their face? You know, get more match-fixing happening. Ma- oh, somebody mentioned match-fixing. Only, only at the Hockey World League semi-finals. So what was said there, John? Uh, do we have to go through it? Yeah, briefly, go on. Okay, well... Just for those that might have missed it back in June. Uh, well, it appears Dr. Batra had a bit of a hissy fit on Twitter. Or was it Facebook? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. About the treatment handed out to Siddhar Singh, one of the members of the Indian hockey team who has requested to attend a West Yorkshire police station to discuss allegations of assault. Now, they're fairly hefty allegations, and you can guarantee Sadar knew that those that they would be waiting to ask him questions. Yeah. I don't think these things happened just accidentally out of the blue. There would have been... And, and if there, wa- there would have been communications. If there wasn't, Sadar, get another lawyer. Yeah, so Dr. Batra had uh, got involved with that and said that uh, it was obviously organised to disrupt the Indian team's preparation within the tournament. Now, bearing in mind, let's remember that this Indian team... And was, and was coming at the behest of Pakistani-origin politicians yeah, six, from six, within six. British Parliament. That's right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's a big key to this. Now, Dr. Batra, I believe, had suggested that there was some potential match-fixing at play and uh, there was an unfair advantage to be gained by somebody now you've got to remember that it didn't really matter where India finished in the tournament and lost to Canada and Malaysia well they, yeah they lost to Canada and Malaysia but it didn't matter where they finished because they'd already qualified for the Hockey World League final as host as host so they were guaranteed then to um, finish in the top eight at the Hockey World League final so they automatically got the ranking points for that to maintain their sixth spot on the rankings uh, there's some clever mathematicians <laughs> who are doing this oh, sort of stuff out. I tell you but yes, yeah, so um, which is interesting because if there was any team that you'd look at the results from that tournament and think, oh, what's going on there? It was India. Yeah. Well, Dr. Batra's comments were widely uh, criticised, and as that uh, should have been. And then he had to make a rather embarrassing uh, come down and uh, apologise. Yeah, which many have uh, suggested that was the start of the souring of the relationship between Jason no, McCracken. Okay. Well, yeah, but that that actually goes back to a previous episode where India had played Pakistan and... Um, oh, the Pakistani players, what exactly. was the gest- they made some, some rude gestures. They made a gesture that wasn't taken yeah. very well and Dr. Batch was very up. Now, I'm not entirely sure of the background of that story because that the gestures and that animosity is directly linked to the situation that's existed between India and Pakistan since petition. So I'm not going to pretend that we can even understand no. whether the rights and wrongs of whether... Dr. Batra should have been angry or whether the Pakistani players should have done what they did or all that sort of stuff. Now, but as the president of the FIH, you shouldn't be making tweets like the, or Facebook posts like the ones he did. Well, there's, there's, there's a good question that was put on our Facebook page by uh, a listener, Amarjeet Singh, the other day when we said we were going to be recording our review of the year. And his question was simply, is Dr. Batra good for hockey? Now... I would say from an, an Indian's perspective, Dr. Batra has been miraculous for hockey and yep. has led um, 
let's call it a revolution, certainly an upsurge in popularity and interest within India for the game. Um, with the Hockey India League, with better um, results coming out for the men's and the women's side of the game, and uh, a real focus on Indian hockey. Now, you would expect that from the top man in Hockey India. Yeah. Do you expect it from the top man at the FIH? No. No. And we saw um, when the Hockey World League uh, finals were going on in oh. Auckland, um, Dr. Batra wasn't there, but he was in India at a five-a-side mixed hockey tournament that was taking place at the time. Now, I would argue if this is your, your top um, women's tournament for the year, that's where you want to see the top man uh, or woman um, of your international organisation. What would have been interesting, though, is if Dr. Batra had tried to pull the same stunt at, at New Zealand that he pulled in India with the, his command performance from the stands with his little microphone, his, his handset. Yep. And, and I'm led to believe that the, the closing ceremony at the Hockey World Leagues turned into a complete farce when 15 minutes before the whole rehearsal, the, the procedure had been rehearsed, everybody knew their places, knew what was going on. 15 minutes before the presentations, Dr. Batra decided he was going to take charge and changed everything. Well, we saw, we saw That's him right, yep, we saw saw him him pitch side. You saw him running around pointing to people. You saw Elena Norman doing the same thing. They were pointing picking to people. Picking up flowers at the top by the flower girls. Now, of exactly. course, Elena Norman, the CEO of Hockey India. Exactly. Not the FIH. No. Uh, Dr. Batra, <laughs> FIH CEO, Indian Olympic Association, um, FIH president, president, Indian Olympic Association president. Now, not at the now, time. Now, yeah. Um, Quite incredible. And just, we'll oh, just sorry, go. Sorry, bash- is this turned into a batra bash? Well, no, it's not, because I haven't finished, you know, I'd said about the respect that he, that he's got in India. Now, he I has done great true. things for the game there. The Indian way of doing things is a very different way of doing things, and you can't. From what we know. The, yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. So I made, you know, a little joke about the not flowers really bad, and lo- lots different. of men shaking hands and photographs and all that sort of thing. Um, look, I've no doubt that Dr. Batra, um, is a political mover. Um, I guess as a, as a um, hockey society, we need to look at it one or two ways. You can, we can either bash Batra or we can support Batra. And by supporting Batra, maybe we support his aims and his efforts to uh, to move into Indian politics within two or three years and uh, wish him well and say thanks for your time spent with hockey. It's perhaps now time to ch- take a different direction. It's been an interesting relationship there between Batra and McCracken, and as we saw it in, in India, there was the snap news conference called where Jason McCracken had said that it looks as though there's a door open for India to come back into the Pro League after stepping away from it earlier on in the year, claiming that it would be unfair for the Indian women's team on qualification for the Olympics and they'd be better off um, following the existing routes there for the other spots that were available um, yeah and I also hear that the FIH board are a little bit 50-50 depending on who you want to support yeah well I've heard that the FIH is basically split in two there's one what, 50-50 yeah <laughs> that's the one well it, it, it's, it was essentially it, you know McCracken on one side and Batra on the other for the last few months now I was earlier in the year led to believe they were the best of buddies and everything was sweet and hunky-dory and they were going to forge ahead with all of this sort of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm staggered to think that he would be resigning over this alleged sponsorship deal. That's just complete rubbish because he's not in charge of the sponsorship anyway. No, but he should, certainly shouldn't be. No. I mean, Which brings us back to Dr. Batra because I think 
Dr. Batch was doing the wrong job. Watching him run around at the Hockey World League finals, he should be the CEO. That's what CEO, you know, hands-on men. Presidents sit in the big chair at the top of the stadium, drink martinis. And, you know, I think Dr. Batch was that sort of hands-on guy. That's the sort of role he should, should be in. Yeah, but that it's an interesting get, one. That doesn't get you elected to Olympic boards and presidencies in Parliament and stuff. No, it doesn't. And uh, look, I guess we just we watch and we wait. There's a lot of debate held over whether he can hold two such huge positions in a presidential role. And uh, I think there's still lots to come on this story. Certainly, in the next three or four months of the year. Uh, watch this space and as we hear something we will feed it to you on our social channels don't forget you can find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram well, all we, at the reverse stick we will do a little bit of research first before we say anything just in case because you, you've said some of the rubbish that comes straight to us times <laughs> I mean yes wouldn't be saying some of that out loud so scandals look we could talk and once again if you want to talk more about this you can come down here to Perth and buy us a pint and uh, we'll gladly talk for hours and hours and hours to you about it all you'd be amazed what you can get out of it for two pints <laughs> uh, so scandals where are we going one to ten. Oh, they've done very well at generating them um, no, I think, think about how they've handled them oh poorly because this is the thing so far. There's, there's, there's well there's still no disciplinary hearing over what happened at, at London and, and we, so you they, know, they were supposedly it went right up to the top in British Parliament that they not were, supposedly uh, <laughs> Well, we don't have any. It, evidence. We don't have any evidence. It rubbed, it rubbed people up the wrong way within the British government. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah, and who of course control the funding for hockey. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll wait and see what happens to that down the track. So one to ten. Ah, uh, look, I I don't think they've handled anything particularly well that's cropped up as a scandalous problem. I think they run away from things when they look a bit hard. So I'm going to give two. It's generally a, a, the classic. Well. If we don't say anything, yeah, it'll go away. Yeah. Except we're here now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give them a three, be a bit more generous there. 2.5 out of 10 on scandals. Final, just a quick one. Rankings, do we need to do some work on them? Well, what do they mean? Well, they mean Australia are number one at the moment, yeah, so we can just say. Well, that's important for future do you funding. Know how, do you know how hard it is to find out how many, how many games an, a team played in a year? I mean, oh, stat, I, stats are shocking. The stats in hockey are absolutely terrible. We should have a table that we can look at that just lists lists teams and has Australia played twenty six, won seventeen, drew four, blah blah, scored this many goals, like a normal league table. Now you don't have to take your world rankings or anything from that, but just simply. Well, no, you wouldn't be able to either because of the weighting. That yeah, happens well, that's across it. The you can still have your world rankings and do them, work them out in the stupid way that they worked out, which I just you know, giving. England points for Great Britain games is just staggers me too. Um, yeah, there's got to be something better than what we've got. We've, and there, there are stats people around, I'm sure. The FIH should really look at how we, we should, you know, conglomerate stats. And stats are so important to giving game history. Look at cricket. You can find out any stat about any player that's played Test cricket or even less grade cricket, first class cricket. Yeah. I mean, and that's such a great resource for people to engage in and, and encourage people into the game. But the, the system is in place there with the TMS system, which is used by the FIH, which publishes your match cards, um, which has got the player details, who's played, how many games, time played, um, goals scored, cards given. Uh, it doesn't actually give you sort of man of the match or anything like that at all, but Hockey, you can draw, you can draw that info out of that. Hockey India can give some of the $150 billion that the US that they've made in 
Well, the revenue went from 2009 uh, from $500,000 US. Uh, US in sponsorship to $15.5 million um, in 2016. Yeah. And that was used by Dr. Batra as one of, I think, one of his sort of campaigning uh, elements. Um, well, at that stage, it's to, got Towards getting the, the FIH yeah. presidency. It was, yeah. So, um, maybe they could spend a little bit of that money. So, rankings, happy, unhappy. We did, no, at, 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 that, at the time of the semi, semi-finals, there were, um, from the Hockey World League, there were a lot of people jumping up and down going hang on a minute how come India have got X amount of points and blah 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 and they finished six but they obviously like I said before they got the, the points for then making the last eight of, of the Hockey World League making the finals which they did Wasn't mathematics invented in India? <laughs> well it certainly was for working out the, the configurations with the bloody rankings yeah, I'm sure it was Okay, look, that's uh, the final round. I don't round. like the rankings F- at all. It's, they mean very little. FI8 scorecard, okay, so the the average, I'll just get the brain working. 4 out of 10 for the year. Must try harder. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. This is our year in review, and it's going a little bit over time there, Matt, but... You know, it's a year in review. Year it's review. a special Christmas holiday edition. It's a beautiful. We might have to get you through two weeks. It's a beautiful 34 degrees here in Perth, a sunny afternoon, and uh, well, this should be landing Northern Europe Saturday lunch time. So uh, it's Saturday lunch now, isn't it, for us? For us, it is. Yeah, but it, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get it out very soon. We're a bit we're a bit late this week, um, and of course, you know, it's a weekend without any hockey from for a lot of us out there. So commiserations. You could always go for a run. Yeah, nah. Now, what else have we got? Uh, go, go through the coaches, because there were some interesting things oh, yeah. that happened with the coaches. Oh, just a few. Oh, look, there were a lot, of, cha- lot of changes around in the back, but there's a few that sort of uh, sprung to mind uh, that I jotted down here. It was a big year for Australia. Two new coaches starting for both the men and the women in January. That was Colin Batch, who moved over from New Zealand, a previous assistant manager of the uh, the Australian team. He's replaced uh, Graham Reed, who uh, moved over to the Netherlands to coach at Amsterdam, former oh, okay. club. Um, so he took over in January, and you know you've got to say he'd be happy with um, finishing the um, the year with the Hockey World League final win and re- number one re- ranking. Yeah. Well, you know. basically you can't do much more. Than Job done, and he's he's um, blooded a lot of young guys within that year. There was a, a new broom swept clean, and a lot of the rear guard, the old guard, uh, moved on. Some have retired from international hockey. Some haven't made any comments on that yet but you think of guys that have stepped away from that side like Tim Devin, Simon Orchard, Chris Sorello yeah. uh, and, the, and the list goes on with some top top names and a lot of those guys will continue to perform at the top level of the game one way, one way or another um, and Glenn Turner's another one, I see Glenn Turner and Tim Devin they're both off to uh, Malaysia yeah. for the Hockey Malaysia League Gavis which kicks off early, yeah that's right Kieran Gubbins as well and another one but He's he's in the development squad uh, now, so there's still an outside chance that he could make Commonwealth Games along with Matthew how, Butterini. I'll oh, be t- 28 probably, yeah, something like that. Squad. Okay. <sighs> I think it's a way to keep oh, guys like him and, and Butters, who's a little bit older, where there's not a lot of um, no, no experienced players within that group. Okay, you've got Eddie Ockenden and Mark Knowles on 300 games plus each, um, but you consider an injury to both of those guys um, prior to Com Games World Cup then they're going to need some experience well, within the group. Well, you think Mark Knowles will probably scratch his way through to the World Cup, and then after that he'd probably 
be on his way. Yeah, a lot. He's, he's had quite a few serious sort of injury concerns yeah. over the past 18 months or so. Yeah. So it's just about wrapping him up in cotton wool um, and uh, yeah, getting we'll getting into the big tournament. Got to get through the, the uh, Commonwealth Games first. Yeah, uh, and on the women's side, Paul Godoyne, um, who was uh, doing the the co-coaching role with. Um, uh, Graham Reed originally on the for the Kookaburras he's taken on the the, um, the hockey ruse the women's yeah. role there um, taking over from no Adam Commons to miss the hockey world yeah well. absolutely and a bit of transition there happening and once there again um, it's it's all sort of looking to the the new cycle and Tokyo is is the aim and yeah. uh, everything else in between is about trying to get people ready for that so um not a bad year, you know, not a bad year for the Hockey Roos. They finished off fairly well, but, um, uh, yeah, could do better there as well. On to Germany, a uh, big move from Jamie Moulders after a 25-year-plus association with coaching in German hockey, and uh, he took on the role at China, which is a big move, and if you remember at the time when we spoke about it, he, he commented that uh, it was uh, a long-term deal and very lucrative and an opportunity that just not to be missed um, within hockey. So um, China have been one of those teams that uh, flatter to deceive sometimes, and you know, and sometimes they come out of nowhere and, and string two or three incredible performances together, and they're, they're right up there with the world's best. So I, I would hope that uh, what would he be now? Six months into the role, he'd be looking maybe four months into the role, looking for a bit more consistency out of the Chinese girls. I uh, think he'd still be fight, he'd still be discovering what the talent was like as well. Yeah, 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 uh, and so much to do there with oh, yeah. um, you know setting up programs and and getting your pathway sorted out for junior hockey. If you remember hockey. back to what our conversation with Matt Bird when he was describing for the the, the youth Olympics, they built a whole new. Olympic village and Olympic stadiums and Olympic setup in Nanjing, yeah, that's yeah, right. completely new. Yeah, so it, it's the sort of place if you if the will's there, you can get things done. And of course, replacing uh, Moulders in the the German role is the Belgian Javier Reckinger, um, who's been involved there in, in German hockey and coaching there for quite a while. Uh, over to South Africa, we saw the women's coach step away um, not too long before the African Cup of Nations, and Sheldon Rostrand, the men's coach, took on coaching both of those sides and uh, got both to gold in the Africa Cup of Nations. So an incredible performance there. And we heard a little bit about his work rate from Tyron Jibu Barnard um, and he, he's obviously been involved there with the uh, overseeing the Pro Hockey League as kind of a head coach in the Pro Hockey League it turned out to be a fantastic tournament of course we were all behind in the Macquillan Daisies and uh, it was great that we had Kristen Payton on the show who of course went on to be the player of the tournament there on the women's side um, but yeah what an incredible job there getting the double for South Africa coaching two sides and, and Tyron said you know he'd be out there from 7am in the morning till 7 o'clock at night on the turf um, just incredible um, and uh, well done to him the work rate in South Africa sort of took its toll on Danny Kerry, the England coach, did, yeah. um, who suffered uh, some heart problems there. But it's great to see that he's up and about and uh, back in the coaching box. In Pakistan, we saw Farhat Khan take on the head coach role just a couple of months ago. And then last week we saw him resign. So he will take it due to personal reasons. It's always good to personal reasons, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, taking a spot back on the selection committee again. There's talk of they're looking at um, a German coach and a few other names are in the ring there to take over. 
I think it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I think uh, it's potentially a really good opportunity uh, for somebody to take on the role there. There's lots of good stuff happening with Pakistan hockey, and uh, we just see that through uh, social media channels. And you know, they're trying to get things back on track. The World Eleven Games happening in January, um, so good opportunities, but also you know the selection committee and uh, <laughs> um, having your ex ex coach on the selection committee how much freedom is actually going to be there for somebody taking on the role? Well, it'll be interesting to see, but they've made, they're trying very hard in Pakistan, and they are trying to get that club structure. They're trying to create something there, and these club-level type competitions and, you know, kick-start the game along, so good luck to them. Um, just finally, and probably the biggest moves of the, uh, oh. of the year coaching-wise would be uh, with Hockey India. It would. Now, this was an extraordinary situation... And we discussed it with Jazz Sani. We did indeed. And um, before the, the announcement had been made of who was going to be coaching who... So first off, Roland Altmans was ousted... He was. Um, ...from the role as head coach in his team there. And so there was one, posi- one, position of, <laughs> one position available as a coach within the, the top end of Indian hockey. That was the men's coaching position. Yeah. Um, we had... One person very keen for the role, a gentleman called Harendra Singh, who said that he would take the team to Asia Cup glory and on to Commonwealth glory. Uh, now, Harendra had been the coach of the under-21s, but not too long back been sacked from that position. But the majority of these under-21 players were making their way into the senior side. And he'd won a Junior World Cup. He'd won the Junior World Cup with that, with that group. And uh, so there was. Uh, it made perfect sense that the job's available, half the squad he's worked with before, they're on the up... Um, of course, you'd give the job to Harendra, wouldn't you? And at that stage, Sid Moreno was the coach of the women's team. And he'd been in the job about six months. And uh, this was a question posed to Jazz Preet by you. Just uh, just another name that I'd saw pop up in, in the ring the other day was the uh, the current coach of the Indian women's team. And I note that they're off to play a, a series in, um, in Europe at the moment. Is there any likelihood of a switch over from the women's team to the men's team? That will be ridiculous in, on, in my book. And Jaspreet wasn't the only one who thought that because we 100% agreed with him on that point as well. Well, it seemed rather than looking for one coach, they, they ended up looking, just looking for two for, coaches. You were just looking to throw a curveball. I don't think you even believed it would happen, did you? You just thought, <laughs> oh, I'll throw that one out there. Well, it eventuated, didn't it? And Seward Morena took on the men's job and Harendra took on the women's job. Now, a lot of talk was around the fact that Seward Morena hadn't coached an elite um, men's team and Harendra had never coached a women's team. And, of course, it's not going to work out for either of them, is it? <laughs> no, well, two Asian Cups, not bad. Yeah, well, tick and tick, they'd be pretty happy with uh, how it's all gone over the Big year. Ticks. and and uh, interesting to see what happens a lot of big hockey coming up for India next year uh, it will be especially the Commonwealth Games yeah. because I think they've set themselves for that and um, oh, they're going to need to revenge Australia from the absolute spanking they got last time around in Delhi I think it was was it an 8-0 win in the, in the was, final I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know it, India should watch out because there's another team in there called New Zealand and they the black stick men could cause them troubles if they're not on their... Oh, don't discount Malaysia. Oh, Malaysia, yeah, exactly. I forgot about Malaysia, you're yeah. right. And Scotland and Wales would be coming pretty hard, and don't forget about England. Oh, well, Trinidad and Tobago? Probably not. Ghana? 
You never know. You if never you're not know. On, look, if you're not on the medal on the day, you're going to lose. It's how it works. Uh, one more coach I'd like to talk about. Go on. Um, we had a message from our, our mate Amajit Singh, who you mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, I was having a chat to him during the week, and he mentioned a coach by the name of Ariel Halan, who uh, has been coaching, or was recently coaching football for Independiente, and took them to a title. Took them to um, what was the title called? The it, well, it's the U- Europa League equivalent in South America. Do you know what that's called? The Copa del. I don't know. No, no I don't know. Yeah, be uh, a copper something. It'd be definitely a copper. Um, uh, yeah, no, I did see some. I might have seen this on, a, on the a hockey, hockey world website. Yeah. Now he's a hockey player that's taken hockey, his hockey skills to football. Oh, yeah, and ex hockey coach. He co- he coached yeah. locally. Um, he might have had a stint supporting the international t- one of the international teams okay. as well. Yeah, I think, yeah. so I think the story's on the hockey world. Don't yeah. Have a look at Pablo's. It's side. a really interesting story. The guy's name is Ariel Holan, and unfortunately, he's uh, not at that club anymore. And according to uh, our correspondent Amajit, he um, had to leave because some of the supporters' group didn't like him. He's used the term thugs here. <laughs> well, it'd be <laughs> um, the, the ultras. There'll be the ultras involved yeah, there. Yeah, something like that. Well, it's, it's, there's, there's been bits of, with Dutch football over the years, Dutch soccer over the years that have um, learnt from hockey, and there's there's certainly in in the Netherlands there's a willingness there to to learn from from hockey and try to take some of our unique um, styles and elements and things that we do within the game in, into soccer there. Well, Amajit also mentions. Um, Jochen Jochen Lowe, Lowe, the yeah. German soccer coach trying to get Horst Fine into the German soccer coaching setup, but apparently uh, uh, there are a few soccer people that didn't take kindly to that idea. Didn't uh, Clive Woodward, the ex-England rugby coach, get involved with soccer in the UK at he one stage? Have, I know. Southampton Football Club, I think there was some, well, something Well, Rick there. Charlesworth was a consultant at the local Fremantle Dockers AFL team. That's right, yeah. in, And was heavily... You know, listened to by the coaching staff at the time. Of course, we heard Terry Walsh talk to us about having been involved with um, the Fremantle with football, with through um, the use of stats. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's a bit of business he was involved with at one stage. Yeah, 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 using video reviews and stats and all those sorts of things. So, you know, in fact, if if I'm really honest with you, there was a guy called Jared Nisham who was the first coach of the Fremantle Dockers, and Jared came from a a family that the Nisham family have close ties to a, uh, a hockey club here in, in Perth Yeah, and um, I swear some of the, the things that Jared tried to introduce when he became the coach are straight out of hockey manuals and it, it's if football people will hate me for saying this but if you look at the modern game of Australian rules football now it's, it's basically was the model that Jared Neesham was trying to develop when he first coached the Dockers here in Fremantle and there was a lot of hockey elements play, yeah, they're also they're a big water polo family very big they? water polo yeah. family yeah the Neeshams you would have played against Neeshams would I? oh yeah definitely yeah yeah they play in maroon shirts oh do they? yeah you definitely have, and I reckon you've whacked a couple at the Summer Sevens <laughs> tournaments. Too. Oh well, no, I know te- I know Teddy very well. Yeah, he lives just down the road from me. Yeah, you've whacked Teddy plenty of times. Yeah. Oh, love whacking a Nisham. <laughs> <laughs> now moving on, where were we up to? Uh, well, where were we up to? Oh, uh, so that's that, yeah. to um, Amajid as well. Yeah. So that was a lovely conversation I had with him. That's kind of where we're at, coaching wise. There's a few other things gone on, but we'll we'll move on. Swiftly. Well, I've got a couple of other lists here, John. I've got a few winners that I consider for 2017. This is going to be part, part one and part two. This no, we're, just, we're going to play it all. Play it all. 
Now, what I might do is, is have it in two parts on the website because the, the uh, file's starting to get rather large right, now. Okay. We're going to talk quickly, so uh, you know we don't take up too much more of your time. Winners: uh, Tariq Makano from Trinidad and Tobago, junior player of the tournament of both Hockey World League Round yeah. Two in TNT and the Pan Ams. Um, Arthur Van Doren, Hockey World League semi Joburg, junior player of the tournament, Hockey World League final player of the tournament. Now, of course, Arthur Van Doren, we've discussed before, has been nominated in the FIH Global Star Awards in both categories. Having already won the, the Rising, Rising Star, Star Award yeah. before. So, you know, come on, FIH, you've got a young lad like Tariq there who's won junior player of the tournament in two FIH-sanctioned tournaments and doesn't get a look in. It's very, very heavily dominated by European players. Um, so I think we need to be looking a little bit more globally. Equally, on the women's side of things, I've mentioned her earlier on, Denise Krimerman from Chile, uh, Hockey World League Round 2 Junior Player of the Tournament, Pan Am Games Player of the Tournament, doesn't feature at all in Rising Stars or World Player of the of the Year. So... You know, we need to look a little bit beyond Europe, I think, sometimes. But whilst we're on Europe, winners, Dutch hockey in general, oh, would be yeah. very happy with if, the year. If you're a Dutch hockey coach, you'd be uh, thinking about that contract extension, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd I mean, they're, on the, the, the CEOs they're going to be upset about not doing better in the Hockey World League final, but all in yeah, all, they a good year. A sick, yeah. They copped some sickness in that tournament as yeah. well. Certainly the Dutch women, number one in the world for very good and reason. And they play very good hockey. Yeah. And and also another women's side there. The last one on my winners would be the Indian women. Oh, definitely. You know, to, from the conversations we're having about them being happy to finish fifth in the tournament yeah. to go and win the tournament. Um, what I was slightly disappointed with was uh, all the the rigmarole that went on around. Okay, we knew that it wasn't televised, but nobody complained about it not being televised in India until after the tournament, and they they couldn't That's see right. the final, and then uh, then moaned about not. Oh well, why couldn't we see this? Now it's bloody wrong. Why should they be able to view the men's tournament and not view the women's tournament, regardless of whether there are issues in uh, with Hockey Japan and it being streamed? Um, there should be parity there. Now, hopefully, something like this and, and the Indian girls winning, the Indian Eves winning the tournament there. Um, can help raise the profile in India and find a bit more parity because everything seems very heavily male dominated. Well, and they've got a great nickname. You know how like teams have those, you know, yeah, the Penguins. Penguins, yeah, yeah, the Penguins, yeah, the Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. That's a good one. The Indian Eves. Eves I reckon yeah. that's a cracking nickname for the team. It is indeed. So that's my winners. A few likes. Do you want to hear some of my likes? Well, I like the. Oh, you got, no, you got any winners before you move on? Any any big winners for you? Um, oh, no, I don't think so. I think as the year has panned out, hockey hasn't won. We're we're in as much of a mess now as we were when the current administration took over, and I'm not sure that they necessarily the blame falls to the current administration, but it seems like the problems continue to mount, and that we're actually just creating more issues as we go along. Well, hopefully we can move on beyond beyond. Oh, there it. was one. There was one really significant moment uh, earlier this year, actually, and I'll, I'll I'll just be able to find out some more details. Just just while you're looking it. looking for that, do yeah. you uh, do you know what FIH actually stands for? Yeah, Free International Holidays. Bumtish. Yeah, just had to get that one in. Um, now let's have a look here, mate. I, I can tell you that there was a very important date this year, and it was. If I can just scroll down. It was uh, Thursday, June the 15th, 2017, with 31 minutes and 55 seconds of the most puerile drivel ever spoken about <laughs> hockey appeared on the internet airwaves. That's no way to speak about Mike Smith, our first interviewee. <laughs> no, Mike was fantastic. 
So, yeah, we've been going since then. That was a big date for us. Oh, certainly a big, a big date, date and it's, yeah, um, about your kid, You'll be telling your children about the first time you listen to a... Your grandchildren. You'll my, be telling your grandchildren. My oldest one keeps going to me, what What number are you on there, Dad? What episode is it now? I said, oh, no, it's 28, 29. No, it's 29, your next one, Dad. Oh, no. Dad, I've only listened to 1, 2, 3, 26 and 27. Uh, can I listen to the other? Yes, of course you can. Oh, Dad, what a what a gem your yeah, daughter is. Yeah, she is. The other one, absolute pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so well, my, she's younger. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she loves winding up her sister. Both Both like picking up the hockey stick, though. Did exactly like their dad. Hockey sticks and winding people up. <laughs> <laughs> On to my likes for <coughs> 2017, the year that was. Um, I've got four or five I've just jotted down here. Club streaming. I loved, I loved seeing the international games, but I really loved seeing some of the club streaming that was oh, happening that was out there. The Spanish Spanish stuff. was fantastic. Yep. Um, and the Euro, the Euro club championships yep. that were going on. They were great. Great, great stuff from um, ehltv.org. Yeah. Good stuff from Beast and Hockey Club. Um, the Bees in England. Uh, yeah, some, the Spanish stuff. Um, there was some good German stuff as well available on YouTube. Yeah. So, look, Here's the thing, the FIH have got to be very careful because whatever you try and do might just be superseded by other people doing it better, more easily accessible and um, the, uh, more grassroots. With the AHL too, with the Indian under-21s playing, that was all That was all streamed, so yes. that was great. Yeah, that was good stuff. I enjoyed getting down there for a couple of days down to the tournament there. Um, I really enjoyed seeing certainly what I perceive to be the growth of online hockey media. And I talk yeah. about people like we've spoken to on this on the show, and I will thank some of the the people that we've had on in, in a short while. But um, Bernardo from South Pass, um, Pablo from a Hockey World dot net, uh, Drag Flick World, uh, Watch Hockey dot ZA. Enjoyed the white paper coming out of uh, the, oh, yeah, the site there. Yeah. Um, so there's there's lots of really good. I'm gonna I'll, I'll miss some off that I look at regularly. Look, Pakistan, have a look at the Pakistan oh, um, official official website. It looks sensational. Apart from the Welcome to Pakistan oh, hockey. Voice, yeah. which, which I told the stuff. fella there that you should get rid of that. It's still there. Um, the other thing they've been doing is streaming games as well. Now the quality hasn't always been great. No. But they're doing it, and you can watch it. That's um, it. We might have to move to Pakistan, and we can do their English language commentary for them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not. How would you um, really feel about that? Sabina's books, uh, oh, yes. the the hockey kids, absolutely fantastic. And it, this is it's all about telling our story, having availability of everything that you'd expect out of every other sport, and the stuff which is already there. You you look for an ice hockey kids book, bloody hell, there's hundreds of the things. You look for a field hockey one, but well, there's only one in the English language, and that's uh, that's Sabina's uh, The Adventure Begins, and it's a cracking read. I've been doing the bedtime story. Yeah, she's uh, a with Recently. And she'll be very busy at this time of the year because she's looking after the media for the um, Indoor World Cup. Indoor World Cup. That's right. So. Yeah, so good stuff and great to make lovely a connection lady. with Sabina and lovely to have her on the sh- on the show and her very first English language interview <laughs> as well. She was worried about it. She had no dramas whatsoever. She, her English was better than ours. If <laughs> I go back and listen to it, <laughs> uh, I really loved. Uh, we spoke to Alan Gormley from Walking Hockey recently. He also great launched time. the Back to Hockey program. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Back to Hockey, Walking Hockey. It's all about accessibility for our sport and uh, yet the cradle to the grave approach and it's so important for our clubs 
to not lose people from the game. We need every generation involved. We moan about volunteers um, not being around so much as they used to be. They would be if we had full catering for everybody within our club setup. So I urge all of the clubs out there to get on and, and research walking hockey, research back to hockey, um, and also look at and the next thing I've got on my list is the power hockey and the flyers hockey in the UK and in, in, yeah. in Europe it's all about inclusivity um, and we're, we're pretty good at doing it in hockey circles yeah. and uh, so get behind these programs and get them implemented into your clubs because you will see benefit from them absolutely no doubt and if you've got any doubt go back and listen to, to the interview with Alan um, and uh, he'll give you the rundown on the on the benefits and the pluses that have come to his club and the other 20 plus clubs or so that have been involved in walking hockey so far uh, someone we do have to thank for the last year Jazz Pro absolutely yeah, well, jazz, jazz has been a regular contributor and it's something absolutely. we set out from, from day one is that we want to hear hockey voices from around the world not necessarily interviews with top players that's you know that's that's something that will fit in as and when but we want to hear the hockey stories about the people doing stuff outside of the upper echelons of the the game and get some viewpoints from different parts of the world that's been great yeah well we do you just don't know do you this is the thing there's lots of assumption made and it's been good to get some balance um from jazz there um also it's been really uh, you know really free and available with his time he's, he's been great support to us so thanks a lot Jazz yeah thank you Jazz thanks also to Tyron Jabu Barnard yep. uh, from 247sport.za uh, coverage of the Premier Hockey League there in South Africa and also the PSI Indoor the Pro Series Indoor which is not long finished what a great event that is and looking forward to seeing that going to Ireland uh, next year for the, for the first time and uh, yeah just it's Event-based hockey and, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, go on. Our Instagram takeover too. While we're talking, Payton. oh, that's right. Yeah, Chris, Chris Payton, um, Kristen Payton took over the Instagram account, and of course we've got the Hockey World Cup coming up. She'll be there, uh, and uh, no, she won't be there. Namibia, oh, no, Namibia, Namibia are there. Yeah, but right. Tyron will be there, and we're looking forward to catching up with Tyron. He'll have uh, Mike in hand, and we'll bring you some interviews. Uh, from the tournament there we're also looking for a takeover from some of the boys from TNT Calypso Stickman that'll be there so there'll be plenty going on around the Indoor World Cup um, also for for young players out there who are perhaps on the on the edge of Nationals team selections you're playing a bit under 21s you're looking to make your way you know, it's all very dodgy for players at this time they're not sure if they fit in or where they sh- what they should do Come and do an interview with us here on the Reverse Stick. I think what you'll find is that it'll only be onwards and upwards for your international career once you have come on this show and talked to us. So uh, thank you to Matthew Bird and our two Irish friends. Uh, Emma Buckley and Sarah Toomey. And, of course, yep. uh, and Kristen. Kristen, who um, had a fantastic tournament, PHL tournament on the back of... Yeah, well, we're, we're taking the, the credit. We're going to take inspirational the chat with us. You know, you, you don't always hear what we say off air to people, but you know, <laughs> we do get into their heads a little bit, and it's uh, all good. Yeah, just try and tune them up a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, if you, you're an international association, needing a couple of master coach gurus to come in and mess with your players' heads, <laughs> give us a nod here at the reverse. Of course, you? I did love bringing the Atlas Hockey Dream Team to oh, you yeah. as well. And thanks to Xavier. Yeah, thank you for Xavier Pion at HockeyMan.net. Now, of course. Of course, there's tournaments going on all, all the time there on the hockeyman.net website, so not all for prizes, a little bit more for, for pride, but 
we'll be doing more of that we hopefully will. next year and uh, the World Cup is certainly something the Women's World Cup is something we're, we're looking forward to doing that with we'll also have some great news for you in the new year about some other stuff that's going to be going on around the Women's World Cup and uh, we hope to be bringing you daily updates from the tournament there uh, but we'll, we'll just keep that one under our hats for the moment are we going to get there you reckon? probably not okay. but it's not going to suit that way what? So for doing the show and getting it out, so games will finish. We'll get all of our info. Look, we'll talk about this off air. Oh, okay. Um, organised. Good. Da, 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 I think that's about it on the my likes through the year. Thank you very much to everybody that's um, that's joined us through the year, our, our interviewees. Yeah. Um, it's been great to get people from from all over the world. Jeff, so Stephen Finlayder. Stephen Finlayder uh, from the Hook and uh, Euro and Euro Hockey, superb. Pablo from the Hockey World, yeah, Bernardo no, Sapas, Terry, Terry Walsh. Walsh, Mike Smith from the the Hockey Museum. Who we hope to get back on early in the new year. We want to talk about Our sticks. Ray Richardson from TNT and Ray of course will be off to the Commonwealth Games as a as an official yeah she's a technical delegate I think is she uh, TO I think technical T- officer for okay. it yeah and of course we had Tammy Stanley technical delegate in she's New Zealand fantastic. she's off to the, the World Cup in, in London next year yeah good luck um, who else have we missed off that we've had oh, on, on the line? Thank you. Oh, Ijaz Chowdhury from Pakistan oh, Hockey. Yeah, he's, he was good. Fantastic. So, so you, you can listen to all of those interviews, find them on the site on the reversestick.net and have a look at featured interviews. And uh, you can either listen to the podcast there and the whole podcast, or if you don't want to hear us waffling on too much, then you, you can just download straight, go straight to the interview and, and download that. And there's also some bits that are on the interviews that we didn't do within the podcast, so you might get a little bit more yeah. content there. Well, I think we've just about covered it all. Have you got any um, any hopes? What's the one thing you hope to be sitting here talking about in 12 months' time? Oh, it depends whether, you, whether we're committed to the Pro League or not. If we're committed to the Pro League, I want everything in place. I want to know every single detail about what's going to happen, where I can watch it, how I can watch it, uh, where the money's coming from, where the money's going to. Uh, what players are getting paid, what prizes are available for nations, national associations, governments. Yeah. Um, I think it's such a key thing for us now. Ultimately, um, I'd like to see every game of international hockey free to view for everybody around the world at all times. That's not necessarily going to happen, but at least let's get some cameras to everything. Yeah. That's a nice one for hockey. I'm hoping that uh, this time next year our podcast will become so successful that I'll be tossing up on whether I get the Porsche in club colours or the Ferrari in club colours. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, a black and white Ferrari? So did, you, did you say the push bike, then, in <laughs> club colours? <laughs> That's what it is at the moment. Uh, look, look, putting together a podcast, guys, isn't free. It does take up a lot of our time. We do it for love and we enjoy it, but there are obviously costs that are associated with it with hosting and equipment and all the other bits and pieces yeah well it's all these things so if there's anybody out there that is looking to support such a venture in 2018 please do get in touch with us because we really would appreciate your support to continue doing what we love doing for everybody that's been a part of this journey for the first 29 episodes thank you very much keep listening we love having your company every week to talk hockey and uh we'll be back soon cheers mate Love you.